All right, we are back. I don't even know what episode this is, but w- this week we're going to talk about a potential new entry into the pit of despair, which I am chomping, chomping at the bit to talk about. <laughs> and mostly like in the most therapeutic sense, get this flipper off of my chest. <laughs> I have great, I have great hopes. However, I do have some fear that the pit of despair will vomit this particular term back out <laughs> with sounds of disgust because even it does not want to consume it. Oh my God. It's like, it's like hell spits it back out. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, man, Jack, we should, we should put like a rate, like a show rating on this one. Like if there's, if, if there, if there's like an NC 17 or like, or like a worse rating for like content, like for content, we should put it on this. Just like, if you're, if you're going to listen to it, make sure you have a trash pail next to you. Cause I'm pretty sure you're going to vomit into it. Well, and also, if you're subject to the physical risks of low blood pressure, uh, attention deficit <laughs> disorder, please, please do not exercise this particular entrant into the pit of despair because it could be the last thing you ever hear. <laughs> Jack, do you, want, do you want to introduce the term? Or do you want me to? I would. Um, I would like to introduce the term in the clarifying way that it is introduced to almost everyone going back to 2012, the way that it is clearly delineated in recent documents from organizations as diverse as NIST and Microsoft. The term itself and the most recent clarifying definition is zero trust. And our (laughs) most frequent definition is zero trust means you do not trust things. I want to thank everyone for joining us. Uh, This has been another interesting episode of Pwned. But in that description, I think we've pretty much uh, characterized the reason why there's going to be a rapid descent into the POD for this particular term of art. Oh, my God. Jack, I am actually crying. Oh, we're just starting and I'm already crying. Oh, my God. I know. I, I can't tell you, like, how in my world, like how bad this term is. Like it's filled with great aspirations, Mm -hmm. like really good aspirations. It's overuse is shocking and appalling, you know? And like, let's, let's just reverse the clock. Like I, I remember I was, I was leading a large, a large enterprise security organization, like overseeing international security operations when the term first came out, you know, at the time, like I was like, Hey, pretty solid term, you know? And you know, like the way Forrester and Gardner does it, like they come up with these clever terms that really encapsulates and articulates like a complex topic, right? Zero trust. It's great. Like totally, totally makes sense. Like looking back at the time, like reversing the clock, going back 10 years, Yes, it made sense. But now that I'm like looking back on it, it was like, it was a four. And by the way, and the, so the guy that presented it originally was, was John Kinderbog, worked at Forrester and was presenting this term for, for Palo Alto. Right. And when he originally was presenting the term, it was, um, he was talking about like networking and like, and like, 
and, and firewalls and like, and segmentation, everything that kind of comes with it. And um, to me at the time, like listening to it really like the spirit to, to me t- 10 years ago was about layer seven segmentation, right? It basically saying in the world that's absent and void from being able to actually segment anything, especially in my world, which was a SCADA environment, they're saying, if, if you can't, if you can't actually like put on some VLAN and segment it with like properly with a firewall, like, what do you do? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, layer seven segmentation, like with Apollo's next gen firewall, like that was a really good path forward. And so I guess like, just, I just want to be 100% clear. I like credit to John and the Forrester group for coming up with the term. Looking back on it, though, and seeing like Forrester presenting on behalf of Paulo, like, yeah, it's seemingly pretty self-serving now that I'm looking back on it. But I think my gripe is like, this is so overused to the point, like, it just makes me like dizzy and nauseous. And, and to, I, I'm going to keep going. And, you know, I had, was working with a partner, right? And I know, I know they're going to listen to it and I know this is not going to be popular, but by the way, like if you could see me now, this is my actually I don't give a shit look. Um, I like they said we're we're going into a meeting and they said make sure you use the term zero trust. Like we <laughs> want to make sure we hit it home. I was like, how am I going to hit this home? Like I don't even understand what this means. Like honestly, God, and there's no way I'm going to talk to this about a client because they're going to be like, you know, I'm like, oh, can you explain it? I was like, well, if I actually explain it in the terms that it should correctly be used in, you actually won't buy this. like honestly so it's like what do you do like i zero trust today's use you ever seen jack you ever seen that um like the four-part plan from like cartman on south park like i I gotta pull it up real quick it's you know you know what i'm talking about like it's like like cartman coming up with his business plan he's like his four-point plan is start up cash in sell out bro down like that's it that's his business plan so we're gonna start up. We're gonna cash this in. We're gonna sell out for a lot of money, and then we're just gonna hang out and bro down. And I totally feel like this is what Zero Trust is. You're <laughs> like, hey, let's come up with a great idea. We'll sell it. People will buy it, and then we'll have a party. Yay! What have you done? Nothing. You've done nothing. In fact, you've made it worse because you've given people false sense of security. Damn. So <laughs> listen, it, in, it's funny, right? Because the environment you describe. Uh, skate environment where everything's pretty flat and wide open, right? That sort of mimics where we ended up as an industry with perimeterless networks, right? Because frankly, applications are skating hither and yon. People's applications are everywhere. Their IDs used everywhere. You're in the cloud. It's almost like the same thing as if it was flat. So that concept of zero trust makes sense because what it was trying to do in 2012, I think, was to get people out of the mindset which I thought we left around 2002, but perhaps it was 2012, which was the hard, crunchy, outside, soft, chewy center model of security, right? Where people actually believed that if they put a really strong firewall around everything, everything inside could do whatever it wanted to. It was perfectly safe. You know, it was, it was a geodesic dome and inside anything could do anything they wanted and everything was safe which we all knew was a fallacy from like the beginnings of time. From the first time somebody punched a hole through a firewall to open up a port, it was obvious that there was no hard, crunchy outside. So the soft, chewy center was just the soft, chewy outside. So if you listen to John's initial presentation on it, I think what he was trying to do 
was used, to your point, good networking technology to describe a way to get around this fallacy that you could logically perimeterize inside from outside and treat them differently. You had to treat everything like the outside. So as far as that goes, okay, yep, stipulated, right? And I will not put my hand on the stove when it's hot, right? <laughs> so that's sort of like where we're at. You know, when we started talking about this and for our listening public, you know, just and I are like, hey, let's talk about uh, zero trust because it's way overused. It's probably going to fall, tip over into the pit of despair. It's pretty close. And so we start looking at it. We do the research, right? Because for me, I'm like, I love zero trust, right? Because zero trust, I'm thinking about like Zscaler, right? I'm thinking about every transaction. I got to re-identify because I'm concerned, but it's not craziness, right? It's just the idea that my identity is the way in which I define myself, not my location, not my perimeter. So I'm like making golf claps. Yeah, that's good. We'll talk about this a little bit. It'll be nice. And, you know, we can talk about the fact that it's come to mean so much more. And uh, President Biden has it, you know, in the cybersecurity bill. And the DOD is saying, thou must be. And I make the horrible, Justin, I make the horrible mistake of reading these documents. <laughs> and I would, I would like to recommend, and we'll post these up in the show notes, that some people take a look at the, the work that's going on from really brilliant people at places like Microsoft and NIST to describe what does zero trust mean. I can TLDR it for you. Zero trust means don't trust things. Let me be more specific. <laughs> there are things and you should not trust them. There you go. Yeah. Bachelor's yeah. degree. <laughs> Bachelor's. That's a, that's a master's or a doctorate. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I I just feel like the term, like it, it had, had has potential potential maybe like you, you're kind of you're talking about your the article you just ran i feel like before i read those articles actually before, i don't know before a long time ago actually i feel like this is this puppy this puppy of like possibility and potential <laughs> the right puppy it's cute possibility. yeah and potential like it's cute it's cuddly right like you just want to love it and then next thing you know, someone mutilates it and flushes it down the toilet. <laughs> John Wick is not going to like this podcast, bro. Someone call PETA because there's <laughs> been a crime. I'm just, I like, I just can't get over it. Like, and we, and our industry like does this again and again and again. It's like, it's nonstop. And so <clears throat> I, I actually just feel bad for people. You know, like they, they buy these, like they buy these solutions to try to like, you know, take like the magic pill that's going to get you zero trust. But it's like, by the way, like it just comes down to like hard work and, you know, having the right tools, but it's on the backbone of hard work and doing all the hard things that you're supposed to do. Right. Like having, like buying one single solution isn't going to like solve your issue. And by the way, like people just talking about it off the cuff, isn't actually going to magically happen. Because no one flipping understands what it is. Right. Like, like honestly, if you're going to do zero trust, like, actually, let's start there. If, <laughs> if someone, Jack, someone was to do zero trust, like, in the real way, how would you do it? So, the way <laughs> I would think, that one would think about zero trust. Because I can't, one of the things that freaks me out about this is if you really, really wanted to do zero trust, and I'm actually re-authenticating every remote procedure call, every communication, every access to data, nothing would ever run, 
right? So truly True. embodying the way zero trust is idealistically described. I don't think it's physically possible, even if, you know, we run Moore's law out about six and a half centuries, right? It's not going to work, not going to be enough processing power. But for me, if I want to do zero trust, I'm going to take it to what I think its core value is, right? That I don't have any confidence that just because you're on a particular network that I can trust you. And just because you had access to some overarching service, I can trust you for all the subordinate functions and privilege. So what I think it refers to is, as an example, in AWS, you've got wonderful like IAM running around, right? I can treat individual roles and services and map these things together for a very granular mesh of what can do what at what time to what asset. So for me, the implementation of zero trust is I don't trust that I really know who you are and I don't trust that the thing you're running on is perfectly secure. So what I'm going to do at important points, perhaps when you switch privilege levels or you want to go access some new resource or I want to do something that crosses a network boundary, then I'm going to make you reassert who you are, either in an automated way, maybe behavioral analytics or in an explicit way. Please enter some MFA token, right? But for me, that's how you implement that concept of zero trust, which to me translates to, I can't have confidence in what I used to trust. And so therefore, I'm going to reassert myself in this authenticating process to make sure that you are who you said you are and can do what you think you can do before I let you do it. But it's not mega granular. And it is much more specific than, hey, if you're going to say you do zero trust, you can't trust anything. You've got to trust nothing. You can trust zero, but aside from zero, there's there's no trusting. <laughs> I <clears throat> so the first part you said, like trusting nothing. What an awesome way to bring your existing business to a grinding halt. <laughs> Fact. <clears throat> By the way, like let's just turn off all the transactions and all of the communication because we don't trust it. Mm. And this is and. Like people wonder why like security professionals have credibility issues is because they're coming up with cockamamie ideas like that. <laughs> by the way, that's brilliant. I'm sure your CEO is going to love that. <clears throat> and by the way, like someone came to me, if I was running a large company and someone came to me and be like, hey, let's turn off all their communications because we don't trust them. I'll be like, fired, next. <laughs> like, on, like honestly, like let's talk about, Let's talk about something like a little bit more progressive, right? <laughs> Saying if you're really going to try to enable your business, right? Let's talk about progressive identity structures, right? Let's 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 talk about like secure token systems that are progressive that allows your development teams to push apps out to the edge in a more secure way mm -hmm. that drives more revenue for your business. Do you think your you think your budget is going to increase or decrease if you can prove that you can help gross revenues for the company overall? This going to increase. Right, because you've proven that security is like a value add to the company, and and you're helping your CEO get a like better bonus, right? And you're helping the shareholders of your company, right? You think they're going to like you more or less if you help them? Out? They're going to like you more, but it requires like people being a little bit more progressive about how they think about stuff. Like don't don't bury it in the ditch six feet under in the backyard. This doesn't help anybody. God dang it! And you know what I. Like if someone asked me that question, I'd be like, this comes back to the hard work piece, right? Saying we, like we collectively, fundamentally, the industry, all, a lot of businesses are built on discretionary access control, right? They're not built on role-based access control. So think about doing anything fine grain, forget about it. Right? 
and and for if if you don't like the you don't know the difference and those are unfamiliar terms like discretionary access control means like hey sally just came in to do the same job as tom like just give her the same type of access that tom has right and it had, might have nothing to do with Tom's job or Sally's job. We're just going to copy permissions just because what someone else did with a similar position, right? It's not right size, may not be appropriate. It's going to collect permissions over the number of years that Tom has been there and Sally's going to automatically inherit those. So that's discretionary access control. <clears throat> and we talk about like fine grain access control and limiting who has access to what and limiting access to someone's job. Discretionary doesn't work so well. That's why everybody gets super crazy about role-based access control. But the number of organizations that actually do role-based control, like do it really well, is pretty few, yeah. right? So like if you talk to like the octas of the world and, you know, uh insert another name right um a ping mm -hmm. right or cyberarch or whatever the case may be before like before we even start talking about zero trust like let's talk about like the fundamental blocking and tackling like why don't you help them solve role-based access control right help them solve that issue so that by the way like when you actually issue a saml token and you help them implement a secure token service it actually means something you know and then at that point, like once you've done that, then let's talk about refining, like and limiting who has access to what and really asking them to be like, do, do you really need all this access? And, and more importantly, do you have the correct access to do the job and your job only? And at that point, like I feel like we've shifted from it's <clears throat> not it's not zero trust because we need right. people to actually do work. Is saying we're we're, we're right-sizing the trust that we're giving you because by the way, like you still need to do real work at your job. Like that's what we're paying you to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's the appropriate trust network, right? That's that that makes perfect sense. And and, yeah. and for me, right, we see that style of thinking embodied in two in two big places, right? Which is that if I have to access multiple different like sections of data and I'm looking for individual elements in an otherwise you know, relatively rich set of data that I don't want everybody to have access to. You see people doing that implementation through access control based on the applications they use for the access. I do that composite information gathering and output generation through the application. So now there's just the application more or less to trust, right? And the application, yeah. if it's well-written, can only access those minor tidbits of data, right? So I trust that the application is hobbled in such a way that it doesn't simply get blanket <laughs> access to just everything, right? So there's that. And then as people have moved to the cloud and become more cloud native, it's more natural to give that more granular access because it's just the way the services work and are provisioned, right? So to me, you know, and admittedly, it's getting a lot of play right now, but it feels to me like zero trust as a concept was like a bell ringing sort of fire alarm thing to get people to stop trusting perimeterized networks as though they were, you know, the Maginot line and like treat them like what they were, <laughs> which is this logical demarcation between inside and outside for networking purposes. Right. And so, and so it just, it just feels like it's inappropriate to be applying it today because the terminology just doesn't match with the way data access actually works. And to your point, the way that identity identity management also works. One last thing, right? And we're talking a lot about the enabling capabilities that make zero trust work. 
and we're talking about throwing it in the pit. You know, there's a bunch about this that trust, right? It also implies that you're doing some monitoring, right? You're watching some stuff because I don't trust that everything is just right. So I'm going to look for the odd data exfil, right? I'm going to watch for the odd data access from someplace I'm not expecting it to see. I can actually apply, you know, another technology, which typically gets beaten around the head and shoulders pretty good in anomaly detection to figure out if there's uh, accesses to data that I shouldn't trust just because they're coming from someplace I think I know. So there's, there's a lot of constituent components that go into, you know, creating what is an appropriate trust architecture and appropriate trust network. I got to tell you, brother, my problem with this whole thing about throwing zero trust in the pit is that it's going to be down there in the pit and it's going to be in there with the, the president's investment order. It's going to be down there with the NIST directives. It's going to be down there. It's not just a, it's not a marketing term. One of the things we typically throw down there is going to be terms that vendors use to sell more stuff. This is actually being written into RFPs and in, into legislation <laughs> because people don't know what it means and it's being used yeah. constantly. And if we're going to be arbiters of truth, and Lord knows Pwned is about being arbiters of truth. Um, we have to, I think, sad to say, be willing to say the word. I feel, I feel we can blame it on the fact that the pit vomited it back up. But I think we may be precluded from dumping zero trust into the pit because we have to talk about it to help the people who think they want it understand that they don't want a puppy in a blender. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, call Peter. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you, but the rules of the pit are absolute. <laughs> like you can, you can talk about all you want, but we just, we just got to get the whiskey lined up. And by the way, by, by the end, it might be a total disaster, which I'm fine with. Fair enough. We'll have to, we'll have to regulate our discussions of the topic as a whole. Yeah. Well, yeah. So yeah, I mean, for Friday Whiskey's afternoon aside. podcasts only. Yeah, we're talking about this for sure. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be a slow, f or maybe a quick fall into the weekend. Actually, <laughs> yeah, but you know, I but the, I mean, the rules of the pit are absolute, and um, which also means terms have a chance to redeem themselves, right? Fair enough. When when we've educated enough people to use them correctly, we can we can graduate terms into a early release and parole configuration still you still have to report into your parole officer there is no lost cause i like that that's very optimistic of you <laughs> yeah all right jack all right i hereby vote zero uh, trust relinquished to the pit of despair i will second your motion ah then it, then it is done. So let it be written. So let it be done. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Let me say this is this feels somewhat therapeutic. And, and again, like we always close on these topics, realize everybody's listening, realize that this idea of appropriately managing the trust that you have for people and applications, network segments, services, what have you, super valuable. What we're calling out is the mismatch between the expectations of that word with that begins with a zero and ends with a word that resembles having confidence in something. Um, oh, we're just well saying that, done. That was, dude, that well was, done. That was so close to an amber liquid swim in the pool. Um, 
But it's where our problem is with that term and its overuse and the fact that it can mislead you to thinking that some things are possible that aren't and that your expectations may have been misled by folks who didn't really know what they were asking you for. So still yeah. valid content, but kind of a dirty word. Well put. Jack, I cannot, I cannot talk. I, I cannot talk that. That was, that was good. So let me wrap this one. If anybody listening needs honest help with cybersecurity, <laughs> you just want to kick around ideas. You want to get on the phone, drink whiskey with Jack and I. We can, we can make that happen too. But, but honestly, if you need help with cybersecurity, you can reach us at pwned at newharborsecurity.com and we will catch you next time. Mm.